1: The Ball Podcast.
0: Well, hello, welcome to Podcast 133. I'm Dan Moylan, with me, Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow Whites here, Daniel Chapman. Hello. No Phil Hay this week, so if you are a new listener, and we did pick up quite a few off the back of Phil Hay's appearance last week, uh, thank you to Phil for boosting our numbers. However, you are likely to be disappointed if you are expecting knowledgeable football insight. It's going to be replaced by blinkered bias.
3: I thought Phil was too balanced, to be honest. There were certain things where he was
2: was very fair, which I didn't like. Too much information as well. Nobody needs that much knowledge. It's not school. When <laughs> I mean, they teaching us stuff.
0: Record listening figures and we're trashing him only the week after. Thank you, Phil. But yeah, I did disagree with Phil when uh, we asked him on one of the two podcasts whether there was an inherent anti-Leads bias We allowed him to say his piece that there wasn't, in his opinion, but we did duff him up in the car park afterwards.
3: Well, he's part of the um, global media conspiracy, isn't he? Mm.
0: The Illuminati sort of Mm. stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's clear. Anyway, moving on, uh, we'll get into the weeds in just a minute or two. First, our summer special
2: is on the way soon. Pre-order will be going on soon. (laughs) We can't be, we're just working on how much it's going to cost to post. It should be much, but it's going to be, it's not far off 200 pages, this thing. It's a book. A bookazine is the the word I've seen used for this kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, the logistics are still being fine tuned before we can put it out there. But it should be by July. It will be in your hot little hands, uh, full of pictures and words and stuff, and it's really really good. Can Probably you be less good. vague? Vague, yeah. And more specific? No. I mean, I could. But I don't want to spill the surprise. I'll tell people more once it's uh, once it's on sale and then they'll go rushing to the website. We'll have to probably bolster the service so the website doesn't go down under the strain from Hell, people rushing mm. like it's uh, Spice Girls tickets. Hell
0: of a sales pitch. Uh, that will be on sale along with subscriptions and all the other stuff at thesquareball.net. Well, this Qatar thing, it won't go away, will it? We did wonder, was it some idle tittle tattle when we spoke to Phil last week, but... The story's there, and it and it won't go away. We are recording at the time of this rumored ten percent sale, potentially that's been reported in the French media this evening. So, where are we all with it now?
3: Well, there's a report saying that it happened on the sixteenth of May. Seems to be the most the most recent thing I've seen, and that it was already agreed. In Who which case, it kind of puts some doubt on the fact that there's been meetings today. Because about what exactly? Uh, he is a journalist. For how credible? I'm not sure. Abdella Boulmer is the the name that's that's cropped up on Twitter. It's a tweet in French as well, so reliant relying obviously on Google Translate, which could mean absolutely anything.
0: Well, there has been a little bit of a problem with that. You know the story that got picked up where it said that Bielsa was meeting them? In actual fact, it was a mistranslation. It was somebody had run with the idea that the head of Bielsa's team was going to go meet the uh, the Qataris today, but it wasn't. It meant the head of the team that Bielsa manages, i.e. Uh, Rizani. So already we're seeing the problems with Google Translate. So do we welcome our new Middle Eastern rich billionaire overlords if they come? I know, Moscow, you spoke last time about having, should we say a few qualms about it? Where, where do you sit with now?
2: Same place. Not interested. I was quite happy up until this afternoon when it had all gone quiet. Nothing had really been said about it for a week. That uh, There was uh, a lot coming out from the club last week about not expecting any change in the shareholding when we go into the, the new season. And um, yeah, still... Stand by. I just think it's a, it just sounds like a bad idea all around. And there's, there's still this persistence in developing out of these little tidbits that we're getting these fantastic futures that may come to pass, but also don't seem to have any relation to what's being reported. Everybody's very excited about an oil money takeover. Well, Qatar's gas, that's the first thing everybody needs to get their head around. So if we're going to rush headlong towards a, a regime taking over, we need to get the, the mineral correct that the, the money came from. Don't gas is strictly a mineral, is it? I don't know. The resource, the fuel. And the, the report again today that's been in the New York Times, Tariq Panja, who reports a lot on FIFA corruption and the relationship to things like the Qatar World Cup, saying uh, that there's further talks about buying a stake. And again, in the the report that he put in the, the New York Times, on the website at least, so I'm not sure it will have made the actual print, Says again, it's, uh, possible that it might in the future become a full takeover, but at the moment it's just a stake. But that's nope. We're, we're getting Mbappe next week and, <laughs> uh, and it's all done and it's a, it's a signed deal and Leeds United are a filthy rich, um, with the emphasis probably on the, the filth. And yeah, I'm the same as I was last week. And as Phil Hay eloquently explained, the restrictions on what we could do with any money from Qatar anyway means that it's relatively pointless we're not going to spend billions in the transfer market this summer and then uh from the the whole other standpoint of what we we potentially lose in relation to just becoming a satellite club for either Qatar's aims for furthering uh, their public image and all related to the 22 world cup or just making PSG better none of it feels good
0: let me put my cards on the table with where I am because I want to play devil's advocate in a second but I want to get my position clear on it I've got an open mind about it because I don't really know how I feel about it. So do I have massive ethical concerns? Yes. Do I agree with what you're saying? Yes. Does my opinion affect the outcome? No. Would I enjoy cheering on leads going toe to toe with Man City? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I am. I don't know what to think because I don't have a definitive. And I know it's a polit- uh, politician's answer, but it's kind of how it's I feel a about it. football fan's
2: answer because you're absolutely right. We have no power. And if we are in the European Cup final in five years and... Um, uh, that long uh, and a, a bionic uh, recreation of the 16 year old James Milner is scoring the goals for us, then I will be in the stands cheering as much as anybody. But I think there is also knowing that you don't have this power, knowing that the hold well, also power works the other way. Leeds United has power over all of us. We submit to its power. You've got to acknowledge that, but then also make sure that you are informed enough. um If we, this does go ahead, the things that then will There'll be pressure from human rights organizations, Amnesty International, talking about the workers, the migrant workers who are dying building stadiums and other infrastructure in Qatar now. Manchester City fans have a a very virulent response to any mention of the Emirates regime that they're part of, whereas they almost think it's an insult to them if you say that that's actually, there are bad things happening in the UAE. It would be great if we could avoid. The mindset and kind of embrace the hypocrisy in a way and to say, yeah, there are things going on in uh, Qatar um, where our club is now bankrolled from that we definitely do not agree with. And we should keep saying, we do not agree with the fact that people building football stadiums are dying in hotel rooms where they're they're being forced to live. But then also you can, you can do that whilst also celebrating the, the winning goal in the, the Champions League final. It's a very difficult situation that football fans end up being put in, not by choice. None of this is to do with us. I think the responsibility is then not to close your ears to what people say are the problems with it, because they're not criticising, and they will not be if this happens, criticising Leeds United or Leeds United fans. They're criticising a a regime that we as Leeds United fans should also criticise if we feel they are to be criticised. Some people (laughs) may think that those conditions are great for for people and there's absolutely no problem. But then again, that's a, I made a, it was a joking point maybe about the oil money, but I think that is the starting point. If this is going to happen to the club, we're going to welcome it in. People who are welcoming, just like get these facts straight, just understand where all this is coming from and then take a stance on it and the amount of people on social media that I'm seeing saying, yes, bring that oil money. It's not oil money. It's like, and that's a a basic thing. And that just says, nobody's looking into this beyond just, we're going to have billions and billions is possibly the least interesting part of football Mm. because it will also all just like what happens to money in football? It just goes to players and agents. So agents will become for all the players that we sign will become fantastically wealthy and you and me will we'll get to see some better footballers but it's not really a, a, a net benefit for for us apart from the team that we we may be able to watch but you know if I want to watch Mbappe I'll watch him on TV
0: <laughs> I mean Michael doesn't it play nicely into the Dirty Leeds narrative taking it to its ultimate logical conclusion if we've got a human rights issue uh, <laughs> attached to our club
3: I mean the build cost on the Spurs ground did get out of hand if we could if we could redevelop Ellen Road for a third of that cost, at the you know, with maybe a few thousand people dying, maybe that'd be the maybe that'd be the perfect way to to really cement our position as the most hated team. But I don't really want us to be rich, but I don't want anyone else to be rich either. Mm. I want football as a whole to just get be poorer. <laughs>
2: It'd be perfect, so, wouldn't
3: it? I'm reading a book at the moment about um, it's kind of Yuval Noah Harari about sort of speculating about how the world will develop and talking about the how driverless cars will have to have morals and how everyone agrees that you know you should make a driverless car so it would sacrifice the owner to save pedestrians for example but then everyone says would you buy a car that would do that and everyone goes oh fuck no and it's a bit like this i want everyone else to be poor with us being just a bit richer in a moral way and that's not how you can set things up unfortunately
2: and that's the the future i was trying to outline Last week. So if anybody who has decided they didn't want to listen to the Phil Hay podcast has come straight in on this one, I was pointing out that we saw the Champions League final at the weekend. Neither of those clubs is owned in the uh, Middle East. It's American money and it's English money. Tottenham have got the Champions League final basically self funded um, with a fan owning it. That's where they are. And so their, their driving force is not for the betterment of uh, Paris, of a team in Paris or to make a, uh, to um whitewash or sports washing is the, term, the, the name of a questionable regime. It's just the guy who owns them has been a Spurs fan since the 1960s and he runs it in a way to make sure that Tottenham are really, really good. So it's possible. It's still possible. And you do that with all the, I went through the the semi-finalists of the Champions League, Ajax, traded on the Dutch Stock Exchange and sponsored by a Dutch telecoms company. Really good youth system. That's where they invest all their money. Champions League uh, semi-final Barcelona, they were sponsored and linked to Qatar. Their fans kicked up a a, a stink. And then when the Neymar thing happened, they broke that, that barrier. And it's not really affected them because they're self-financing. They're at a level getting there is the problem, but there's other ways of doing it. Huddersfield got to the Premier League. How many times have Norwich been to the Premier League and their money is fucking Delia No, but, but that's not, that's not the point is that this
0: is leagues within leagues. Because as Michael said last week, it's like getting into that top four and getting to where Spurs are. It could take us another 10 or 15 years. Is there not an argument for if we can fast track it, you know, let's say go up, finish fourth, then win it, then win the Champions
3: League. And also talking of Daniel Levy, he, he made a lot of money from buying stakes in lots of football clubs, which is kind of what we're saying is a negative of being owned by the same people who own PSG. We're part of a portfolio, but that's exactly how he made his money. So it's like, is that morally a good way for Spurs, but not for rangers and slavia prague or somebody owned i can't remember they owned, he owned bits of several clubs anyway and then also had money from property development so i don't I, I'd, like i said last time there's no particularly moral way to make billions of
2: pounds there's least worst that's, yeah, yeah. that's that's it. that's yeah. kind of where my stance is if you can if you can look elsewhere and i think it's this this assumption that it's this or nothing really just doesn't mm. fit with me there are other options. It's even mentioned in every article that, uh, that there are several people interested in investing in Leeds United, whether it's a takeover or whether whether it's a stake. And all that we're seeing at the moment is that the the one that we're hearing about has um, is leaking stuff to the press. Which then, when you look at uh, Qatar's whole reason for being in football is uh, is image. Then why is why is that the one? Why why aren't any of the other five bidders talking to the? Um, their contacts in the press and saying, oh, actually, we, we had a meeting with Radrazzani as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: but, no, but how do we know that that's not somebody at the club or Radrazzani himself leaking, saying that, well, I've got interest from five or six parties. That's, you know, it works both ways, doesn't it? It's a PR battle. And the whole thing could be a lie. Well, I opposed, it could be. I posed the same question that I posed last week, and maybe it's worth exploring it again. Why now? That's what I'm fascinated with. Obviously, there's a, seems to be there's a money, a funding gap every summer. But why do you think this, QSI thing is coming out now
2: because they thought we were going to beat Derby, yeah. and so now we're having like uh, lots of conversations to say, well, what do we do now? Because the what was the date of the Derby game? Fifteenth, right? So this story from Abdallah Boumer in in France is that there was apparently an agreement on the sixteenth. So I wouldn't be surprised because you don't organize. On the phone.
3: A, we'll take it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you don't, you don't organize, um, a takeover like this in two minutes. And we're talking about, um, especially because it's pre-existing relations with, uh, if it is with Qatar, it's all down to Andrea Rattrizzani and his mates with Nasser al Khalifa. They've been friends for years who runs QSI. So this has probably been something that's been going on for years. I won't be surprised if it was like, Yeah. If we, if we get promoted to the Premier League, this is what we do. And now we didn't get promoted, so he's gone out to Doha and he's saying, well, do you still want to do it? Do you want to do something else? What?
3: Well, so if they're trying to use us for sports-washing purposes, they really are not choosing well. No. We're a very scrutinised club. <laughs> Even but, over the smallest things, we yeah, but people when kick up a stink yeah, about but it. but when you've
0: got that much money, and as you've seen, it's like they're, they're almost, I say they, that's a very <laughs> a very broad brush that I'm applying there, but these Middle East billions are almost above it and don't give a shit.
3: It's kind of, I don't think it's really working the whole idea of no. sports washing. I think it's just drawing attention to, because you have very little idea what goes on in Saudi Arabia, for example, because they don't own a major British football club, whereas it becomes mainstream media by the fact it's in the back pages as well as the front pages, I think. And I think them only leads would actually make it Worse for them. <laughs>
2: it's also not working on a, from a football point of view, because as we said last time, Paris Saint Germain can't get in the Champions League final. So they, they may be absolutely brilliant dominating the French league. But part of the whole conversation that QSI seem to be having is like, well, we've signed Neymar, we've signed Mbappe. Uh, we can't keep signing players because, well, for one thing, they're being investigated for financial fair play corruption. And even Nassaro Khalifa is under investigation for payments uh, related to the 2022 World Cup bid. So the heat is on for for them from all the, uh, the footballing authorities and they have not got anywhere near winning the Champions League, which is what it's all about. So the strategy and they, if we frame this as we're looking for the least worst option, we're saying like it's maybe the lack of curiosity. You might be right that those are the five conversations don't exist, but there's there's a lack of curiosity about what they might be. But if you're looking for what's the least worst option and what might work, well, Paris Saint Germain aren't aren't winning anything apart from the French title, which they, they should be winning anyway. Manchester City, they can't get into the Champions League final. They're absolutely dominating English football, but then Liverpool lost fewer games than them last season. So, the, and they're... Fenway Sports Group, Boston Red Sox, and all their investment is into the football side, whether it's through data and really intelligent uh, transfers. The reason they've done so successfully is because they sold Coutinho for 200 million and went and bought a goalkeeper and a centre-half and a a centre-midfielder and came out with a profit. So it's it wasn't pumping in money from America and trying to cheat the system and do a derby and get up by any means necessary it was built over time. And yeah, they had to go to the Europa League and lose and they had to go to the Champions League final and lose because the goalkeeper wasn't good enough. But they had the strategy there to go and like, well, nope, sell a player, buy three. And that's, that's almost. It's so you're very, saying we should sell Calvin Phillips? It's a, well, that's how football's always worked. And it's almost, it's not, well, it's post Corinthian because obviously they were amateurs, but it's kind of going back to that deal of like, yeah, if you sell a player and you're smart about it, you're going to buy three better ones. And that's kind of where the game the sport should be not just who has the wealthiest um, emirates behind them
0: mm. I mean I don't know about you Michael but I'm looking forward to us playing at the Qatar Airways Megadome next year <laughs> don't
3: you think lifting the European Cup in five years yeah and then buying the stadium off us for well Derby have set the mark haven't they for, and Ellen Road's bigger than that we they could probably buy it for 200 million <laughs>
0: And after big talk like that, what else can I do but point you at the Extra Ball, which is our subscription podcast. Basically, if you want to get behind this one and have some bonus material uh, in your ears every single week, please subscribe to the Extra Ball and you can hear us tackle all the big questions like this one.
2: Who do you think would win in a fight? Patrick Bamford or Jack
0: Grealish? I mean, there's some big, big discussions to be had around that one in this week's Extra Ball. You see, Pat
2: Bamford was out at the shooting range in the postseason. I'm, I'm not saying he's got to shoot Jack Grealish. We'll save this for the, the, the <laughs> conversation to, to be had. Yeah,
0: we're trying to get to a position where we can do loads more podcasting, and this is the way to support us in that goal. If you fancy it, two ninety-nine a month. Your first month is free. Find it at thesquareball.net forward slash the extra ball. Well, Qatar or no Qatar, we know that Marcelo Bielsa is staying. This happened shortly after we recorded a podcast with Phil Hay last week. I know it feels like old news given the speed of the news cycle, but Worth spending a few minutes on just to acknowledge how happy we all
2: are that Marcelo will be treating us to at least one more year of his glorious reign. The other reason why it would be pointless to have a billion pound transfer budget because he won't spend anything. <laughs> yeah. you, you can sign any player in the world now, Marcelo. Not interested. How's, how's Berardi's pre-season doing? How's Alioski's been playing for Macedonia? That's the question's... At least they had the
0: good grace to announce it with a "Vamos Leeds Carajo" and T-shirts and mugs are available via the Squareball.net
2: if you want to get one of those. Thank you, Leeds United. It's been fine for us, though. They could do with you including the link when they uh, when they <laughs> post those tweets. We have to put it out ourselves. If they could every time, I don't know. Is uh, could we paste a hyperlink across Victor Orta's? Mouth, so that every time he says, leads coraggio, like there's, a, there's something there people can click. Did you see the guy who sold um, advertising
3: space on his face? He did it for porn websites with tattoos all over his face. We could propose that to Victor Orta.
2: Although he's got the beard, there's not a lot of real estate there. It'd have to be forehead. Maybe there's something already under there that he's had to see uh, the, where the deal went sour and he had to grow <laughs> that beard over it. <laughs> Although, to be fair, we did see him temporarily beardless. Do you remember when he was, uh, he was shaved for charity at the start of his, his first season? And they no, didn- I don't believe that. that. CGI. I think he was born, born with a beard, was Victor. <laughs> they put the photos out of him with just a moustache. And uh, remember last week when we were discussing a, the potential for a, a drugs baron to, to take over instead of guitar, he could have been the man. This is all quite a long way from Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah. And some fantastic racial stereotyping by you though. So good news. Good news all around. It's not racial. It's entirely his moustache. <laughs> That's fine. Well, did you notice- If it had of- been a thin, wispy one, I would have said the moustache of an Edwardian school teacher, but it was not. <laughs> it was a big, bushy affair. I was going to say, speaking of adverts, did
0: you notice that we instantly got that visual of Marcelo Uh, on the digital boards around the city with uh, Leeds United with Marcelo Bielsa Mm. is the thing is that our new name like Frank Lampard's
2: Derby (laughs) County is it? I'm a little bit uncomfortable
3: at least he's a manager worthy of a football club being named after him unlike that newcomer
2: and we are still coming first it is Leeds United with Mm. Marcelo Bielsa I suppose it's like the tonight show I think that was deliberate (laughs) Yeah, David Letterman
0: because if they put Marcelo Bielsa as Leeds United then we are in danger of becoming the very thing that we ape.
2: yeah I don't. Even, is it memberships at the same? Because all the season tickets are gone, aren't they? I suppose it's um, buy your memberships that will not let you get anywhere nearer to the ground than you would be without it. Are they still doing the tiers of membership? I've not. You it's get the crying when you realise you can't get to a game. The yeah. tiers. I don't know. But yeah.
3: But anyway, it's very good news that it's staying. I feel much happier. I felt in a state of. Um, every day, just knowing he might leave.
0: It did seem to get everybody out of that kind of stupid, didn't it?
3: It's just like, fine, I'm all right with this now. We'll settle down for summer. Even the talk of there not being huge amounts of money for transfers, I'm not happy about it, obviously, but he I'm is. happier than I would be. Whereas a new manager would come in and want to sign all of his former players because that's how unimaginative football
2: managers are. And we know, I think the big thing with this is that if uh, whatever Andrea Radrizani and Angus Kinney and Victor Rosa have been cooking up as their plan for, for next season. If it didn't sound legit to Marcelo Bielsa, he wouldn't have stayed. That was kind of the, the understanding. I think it's the way he's, he's um, he's always worked. I think I've mentioned on here, it might even have been last week, his long press conference at Marseille where he lambasted their president for not uh, honouring his uh, commitments to transfers. So we could still have that. We could have his pre-match before the first game of the season. Is just an hour-long presentation on why Andrea Razzani and Victor Orta have let him down again and again over the summer. Um and then he then he did that on Marseille at Marseilles, the start of his first season and then managed them to their best season in years and the fans loved him as a legend. So it didn't hold him back. However, the important point is <laughs> we worry at the start of every summer because we never keep a manager. This is the first time since Simon Grayson that a manager has started two consecutive seasons. So we always have this question of one, who the fuck is going to be managing us next season? And then it's just it's anxious from there. Whereas this year we know who's going to be managing us next season. We know how demanding he is. And we know that it probably needed a considerable sales pitch from Leeds United to keep him. Such as we're going to have billions
0: of pounds from Qatar. <laughs> we're
3: not going to have billions, but we are going to have a new running track. And some and water,
0: that's good enough. Some water that be in the, the swimming pool. Uh, will it be the Qatar Airways running track? <laughs> Sold the sponsorship for a... Uh,
2: one the hundred mil. <laughs> Remote controlled filming of training. If you go have a look at um, TBG 2005 on Twitter, the beaten generation, he's done some great work on the Bielsa Mobile, which he uh, he instituted at, uh, I think it was at Marseille, basically a golf buggy with some TV screens on this it. This is not
3: to be confused with the Bielsa Mobile, which was done by the fans, which had a, which was a transit van. No, but, but they're all in one thread, so it, yeah. it
2: might become confusing. But look for that, and then find that. And yeah, he uh, he used to be able to. Uh, I don't think it ever actually got used. But he used to be able to drive around the the training pitch and basically pull up alongside Berardi in his little <laughs> golf buggy and show him on the screen where he's going wrong. But we're getting some some sort of remote controlled filming of uh, of training as well. So all those things. Is it it, our training is filming? Just to be clear. <laughs> not specified and recommissioning the swimming pool so it, it seems like the problem we had last season with uh, finishing chances is uh, is going to be solved by teaching Patrick Bamford to swim he knows how to dive oh very good thank you <laughs>
0: very good that was good. very quick wasn't it that did you watch the Champions League final it was rubbish yeah. did you at any point do what I did which was to have a leap of imagination I thought I wonder what Marcelo Bielsa's team would be like in this final because you know they're both kind of Sitting back off each other and being a little bit negative, and there seemed to be no plan. Like you thought, mm. I was thinking, Beals should have a plan here. Why aren't there any overloads out wide? That's what he's turned me into. He's turned me into a genuine, well, trying to be a football analyst in my own mind, like looking about the, the three on twos out wide, and why is the fullback not, fullback
2: not further up the pitch and stuff like that? And that was one of my thoughts as well. I was looking at Pochettino and thinking, but you are really letting Marcelo yes, down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you going to face him after this? Like, you can't go and say i got the champions league final and i did that. He'll probably receive like a late night phone call from Bielsa at some point, probably months from now or the end of next season when he's going back into the champions league final again, he'll get a call. What were you doing last year? <laughs> Do you want any assistance? I've just <laughs> been watching it back 9 months after the fact. Yeah, it's it's all the uh, all the news i needed to to make me confident about next season. It just doesn't bear thinking about. It. Imagine we were sitting here and not only it was the the takeover stuff or if even that was news, but we were discussing who our next manager should be. Mm. And Got who the, the odds odd list would.
3: in front of us. Oh. Parju's there at eight to one. Fuck it. <laughs> Malky <laughs> Mackay at 25s. It's Paul Linton work. Yeah. Not he always him. crops up.
2: Yeah, it Strachan. would have been tragic. Alan Strachan Strachan Smith. Alan Smith. He'd have been coming back, player manager. John Woodgate, if he's not got the, mm. uh, the Middlesbrough job, knows the club. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he knows the club. He does know the club. Uh, all other sort of joking aside, it's dead uh, dead important to have stability and continuity, isn't it? Be else or not, what you were just saying there, Moscow, about having the same boss and the same tactics and the same idea. They can all just come back and apart from the new signings, whoever they may be, they know what they're
2: doing straight away. I don't want to harp on it and I won't, but that's also another good um, argument against being taken over this summer. Like, let's leave that aside. Like, just if we don't rock the boat at the top, don't rock the boat at the bottom, don't sign anybody, don't sell anybody. (laughs) Just, yeah, we won't take it to that degree. But yeah, just not having all that furor, that's where my heart sank with the whole TakeOver story breaking again. It doesn't feel exciting to me. I just want another season like last season. Perhaps with the addition of, well, if
0: you think about even last season's additions, Bamford and Douglas, neither of them had a full pre-season under Bielsa. And maybe that, that told a little bit. I know they were both injured repeatedly, but maybe this time getting that under the belt, integrated a bit further, maybe it, it pays off just those, uh, those extra few percent that we need.
3: And just fewer injuries. Fewer injuries we could have gone up this year. It, is, it was that fine a margin, I think.
0: And you watched that playoff final. And oh, we didn't, shit. It was terrible, wasn't it? The standard of football. And again, you sat there thinking, Bielsa's Leeds would have probably won that game.
2: I mean, you say what you like about the uh, the Derby playoff defeat exciting game <laughs> wasn't it though you know it really was when we when, one day we'll look back at that game and laugh um not now obviously and it is obviously much too painful but Stuart dallas's equalizer was an incredible moment of kind of sort of forbearance from the team to manage to come back and at that point we should then have had the momentum to go through but yeah having a an absolute ding dong for who should go through the final instead of how the final actually was. It probably would have been, we were joking about it in advance, probably would have been 6-5 if we played Villa at Wembley. Game that people would have been talking about for years. Instead, absolute rubbish.
0: We'll still be picking our heroes and villains for you again in a bit. First, uh, to rifle through the other stuff that's been happening away from Bielsa and Qatar. Angus Kinnear, what in the hecky thump is this about?
2: The new independent chairman of the board at the British Weightlifting uh, Association. I guess it's, it's actually, it's just called British weightlifting. I was distract. I've, I've added association to try and make the sentence make sense. <laughs> <laughs> he is the independent chairman of the board at British weightlifting. I don't know if it's forklift trucks, if it's uh, giant haystacks, just big men. Strong
0: people lifting stuff. Salim Lamrani. Out of all the people at the club, I was going to say, he doesn't strike me as the sort to be, uh, to be pumping iron in that, res- that respect. No, we've seen him, we've
3: met him. He was not. He didn't strike me as a man. who was, it uh, was into his powerlifting. But
2: I, I noticed you when you were uh, winked at me behind uh, his back, our prearranged signal to drop him. Um, <laughs> but I just didn't think the moment was right. But we could have, we could have taken him.
3: Mm, I don't know. One of those weird things. A lot of the people saw this and thought, does this mean he's left? Mm. But people just, independent chairman of the board is like a thing that people do like three days of a year. They go in to just talk through some shit.
2: Yeah, and he's got, he has got experience. He It was mentioned in their their release. I think he did five years working for British Commonwealth Athletics and he's run, he's running us. So he knows sports administration run Arsenal's commercial arm um, and West Ham, he was in moving into them. So, makes sense. so he knows he worked for Coca-Cola as well. He's always had a, like an executive sports executive expertise that and these guys as well I think a lot of it will possibly t- it's less about Kinnear pumping iron it's more that their headquarters is just on Kirkstall Road in Leeds so it's low call, it's easy he'll probably be at a rugby league soon it's like that's low call, need some help but the other uh option is that he comes back in uh in August and he's absolutely hench
3: well my plan for Bamford over summer was to Make him massive, wasn't it? Was it so for
0: force-feeding
2: steroids? force
3: steroids and get him in the gym with Lamrani. And we've got experts on the bo- on board now. I expect to see him returning like Akin Fenwa.
2: <laughs> it could be, uh, if they film it, it could be as strenuous as Alioski's uh, rehab <laughs> video that he tweeted out, which is... Uh, him tapping a ha- tyre with a hammer. <laughs> Again, I mean, I don't think we're making any uh, grand claims for our own personal strength, but we, we could take Angus Kinnear, if it's two of us on one. And I could uh, possibly, well, I could definitely hit a tyre with a hammer harder than Alioski. He does seem to punch like a cat, like he's got little kitten punches. We've discussed raised by animals,
3: so he's he's probably not learned it from a human.
2: Yeah, it, once it was explained to him that in boxing you have to wear gloves so you can't just scratch, his, yeah, I mean, he, he spent, was nullified. He spent the
0: first 18 years of his life living with creatures who don't have opposable thumbs. So I think
2: we could take him as well, based on the uh, the evidence of uh, of that. Speaking of massive footballers,
0: did you see the size of the Tranmere centre-half in their playoff yes. final? I thought there's, there's a chance for me, yeah.
3: It's been a good sporting week for, for fat men. <laughs> yeah, so. that, the fat bloke who beat Joshua, what's his name? Mm. Big big lad? The big one, Uh yeah. Neville Southall, I think.
0: That's the one. Yeah, well done for him. Well, well done for him. Good to see the larger gentleman getting, getting a break for once. Hey, speaking of Bamford... We've got further on the Big Mick situation.
2: Yeah, Bamford needs to, uh, well, he needs to watch himself because he's now been um, the subject of what I would, it's almost a withering put down. It's a. It's definitely a quip. He's been quipped at. And once, once Big Mick's quipped at you, you're not necessarily on his, his right side. He says, I think Patrick has to give me a call if he wants to. I think that's the way it works now. Bearing in mind all the conversation I've had with him, I left it with him. If he feels ready that he wants to come and do it, then give me a call. Is he talking about playing for Ireland? Yes. And then he does say afterwards that he'll probably be out of the job by the time Bamford makes his mind up, which is where the quip came in. Um, it's not written down here, so I had to do it from memory, but it's something along those lines. He's basically said he, he's, Bamford is dilly-dallying so much. Uh, he's Big not returning his could, calls, yeah, is he? Could be sacked by the time.
0: I do wonder, Michael, what do you think Big Mick and Patrick Bamford would talk about <laughs> sat in a room together? <laughs> well, presumably the
3: they're... The, childhood in Ireland. I don't know if they maybe grew up in a similar similar part of the country. Maybe just, you know, the glorious uh, coastline the there. Childhood in
0: Scaries. Yeah, exactly. They me tell you the story about Scaries? The Scaries is about an hour north of... Dublin, you know, I think it was 1999-ish when we did the preseason tournament, something like that. Mm. Can't remember. Did we play Lazio? Have I made that up? Uh Something like that. Yeah, I remember yeah. on you mean. Yeah, we went over there and got drunk. I think ninety nine might have been um, the Celtic one, but either the way, fans around, the players. around that time. And we got a bus out to Skerries, which is a fishing village, like about an hour north of Dublin. And we got to the last pub in town, bearing in mind we're in the middle of July and there's a Christmas tree up. And so the landlord, what's going on here? What's going on? he says, oh, it's so quiet in this town. We celebrate Christmas twice.
2: That was it. scary Oh, there you go. I think it's, with Bamford, I think there was probably an element of having, uh, him having flashbacks to Sean Dyche and the treatment he got from him at, at Burnley, where he's being bullied for being uh, having violin lessons, and also probably just a communication problem. The uh, the conversations uh, I've had with him says Mick, I can imagine Bamford hanging up afterwards and turning to his nanny and just saying, I'm sorry, "I haven't, I haven't got a clue what that gentleman was saying." <laughs> now, does anybody here speak? northern.
3: Mick famously uh, refused to meet Margaret Thatcher, didn't he? So mm. he's not a fan of the Tories. So maybe,
2: maybe that's a thorny issue. Maybe there's instructions from on high, do not consort with that communist.
0: Well, Bamford's not going to seek to go represent an EU country, is he? Under current circumstances,
2: that's a given. I think, yeah, M- McCarthy needs to just uh, uh, give up on that. And uh, and Bamford would just have to wait his uh, wait his turn for representing Albion.
0: When it comes to Albion, we've got a few youngsters. And we Shaq, Jamie Shaq. Well done. He got a call up to the
2: under 20s. Yes. Which, two... t- which Tom
3: Pierce was already in, which seems odd because Shackleton surely is a better player than Pierce.
2: This is his first international call up as well, mm. by the looks of things. And there's, yeah, there's also, because there's the under 20s World Cup is on where matches Bogus didn't play for Poland. But I mean, he's only 17, but they got knocked out. And this isn't that. This is the tournoi. And they, they lost to Japan. A
0: was it on game. Japan's under-22s, though? I mean, it's really it's like, fucking confusing. Like, youth like,
3: youth foot levels of football are really strange. Because like, you get, like you say, there's, there's under-17s World Cup, and an 18s, and a 19s, and a 20s, and a 23s. And a and a, yeah, and then there's an additional ones. It's,
2: it is confusing. And Shaq was called up about two days before it started as well. I, don't, I think he he might have been with training with them. And then he said, yeah, you can stay. I don't think he was just called up like he had to get on Spring the plane. Spring break! Yeah, it's very... <laughs> Anyway, Pierce Pierce actually looked all right. I watched a bit of this, but it wasn't a very good match. Um, But yeah, Pierce was bombing down the left, looked pretty good and Shackleton didn't come on and England scored a goal from a corner. So set-piece work, still very good, uh, very English stuff um, and Japan were just much better.
0: Well, speaking of Bamford there, he's got a butler. Well, what about Alfie (laughs) McCalmon?
2: Very good. One for
0: Um, the 90s uh, indie rock fans there. Yes. I do
2: feel better now that you uh made that joke. Alfie McCallman has gone to Ireland Senior Squad, Northern Ireland senior squad. God, that mistake you don't want to make. Um he's What do you uh, say, Moscow? B- hard border now? B- BPF and Dallas are uh taking him through the barricades straight from the uh the junior teams um into the senior uh setup, which is good. He's kind of um I've only seen bits of him in the under twenty threes. I can't claim to be any expert but he's been playing the Calvin Phillips role there to great acclaim and uh, he's 19 so he's kind of um, when we do sell Calvin I'm sure this uh, this training this summer will stand him in good stead
0: don't say that we don't sell our young players we keep them they stay with us forever and they become champions of Europe because are we claiming that as well Milner Horsforth's James Milner yes. uh, won the Champions League.
3: We couldn't lose, really, because we had, we had was a Danny Rose on the other side as well, didn't we? Had we? We'd have had a bit of reflective glory either way.
2: I think what we're, the reflective glory we really want from Danny Rose is that sell on fee. So I'm hoping that uh, as part of uh, Pochettino's analysis of that match, is he thinks, I need a, a new fullback. Not a problem with Danny Rose, but now is the time. Maybe that would hold off this whole idea of. Uh, selling bits of the club for investment if we just get some investment by the back door from Manchester United buying him. But uh, yes, we are, Leeds United are now, well, Leeds, the city, um, are champions of Europe again, 1975 and 2019.
0: Still wonderful, always. I mean, that was quite moving seeing uh, Jimmy Milner lifting lift in the European Cup, but not quite as moving and not as, you know, really got, got me in the feels of this one. <sighs> Young Rob Green lifting the Europa League and then he hung up his gloves immediately afterwards. He's had a good,
3: good stint at Chelsea, hasn't he, as well?
2: You know, literally the last game of football he he played, of professional football, was for us against uh <laughs> Did he never New play for Huddersfield? Never played a game for Huddersfield. Not it was cup when cup game? Nope. Jesus. It was when he uh, him throwing the ball into the net to give Nuki a goal is basically his last act as a, as a first Newkey. team. Nuki? Nuki Newport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we've played some shit in... The- Recent years, but new key. <laughs> the ball just surfed over his hand and into the post. Newport. That's the last game he played. Wow.
3: Mind you, it's a nice way to wind down your retirement, just sitting around doing fuck all for a couple of years.
0: Speaking of which, Ross McCormack, he's just been released this evening for, uh, from Villa, hasn't he? After signing a variation agreement. Hmm. he could, to have varied his contract. Could, could that mean he's not earning the £70,000 a week that he's entitled
2: to? Which is an odd move, because they can finally afford to, to own him. And now the, this is the moment they choose to let him go. And they can finally afford to get rid of him.
3: <laughs> Has anyone
2: suggested we sign him yet? Could do a job. I don't think he could. See him in a Bielsa team. <laughs> well, a very hard worker. To be fair, I watched some of the uh, some of his games for Melbourne when he was on loan, and uh, yes, a ginger, uh, slightly uh, less than ideal weight <laughs> um, for an out top athlete, uh, Scotsman. Running about in the, the hot Australian sunshine was, uh, was fucking hilarious. Actually, it was probably <laughs> the best part of the game was watching what an absolute cob he had on. So him and I mean, the dream strike force for pre-season, assuming, uh, if Roof goes and, um, and Bamford's broken again, McCormack and Lasoga, McCormack <laughs> playing just behind him, obviously in the, uh, the Enganche role, which he, uh, he basically saves us from relegation playing in that position on single-handed. So, bring him back with somebody as as lithe and uh, as wiry and as wily as uh, as La Soga ghosting into the box like a fat <laughs> 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 Just imagining the T-Rex, you know, with
0: the water the water shaking in the cops in Jurassic Park. Hey, Roof's been linked with Villa, hasn't he? So we don't want to see that. Make that stop, make that go away. Yeah,
2: go somewhere else if you're going. <laughs> That's my thing. Go abroad. Do, uh, just somewhere where you won't, Sort of be around to annoy us. I wish him well if he is going. I don't want him to go. I want Roof to stay. I'm going to keep just returning. More reasons why I don't want a uh, takeover. Uh, number 562. Because I really like uh, some of the players we've got and I don't want to replace them, even if the ones we get are better. Because I'm sentimental. Pontus has been linked to Benfica as well, hasn't he? Yeah, it's kind of a tenuous one. It's all if they sell their centre-half to Man United, um, they might uh, replace him. But he has done a big interview in Sweden where he for once said good things. Cause we always get, generally he does an interview when he's on international <laughs> duty. And then he has to do a few tweets saying, listen, Google translate, not always the most reliable. But this, uh, it did start off a little bit where he was saying that training with Sweden saying it's fun to play football again after running for a full year and to be able to play some small team games. And you're thinking, you just straight out this in Bielsa, but they said, no, he's joking. Um, I've had fantastic development with Bielsa and I know how much he cares about me. I have developed as a player and as a person and how I train, sleep and eat as a tremendous development. And everything is more or less thanks to him. Sure. It has been tough and many long exercises, but you've got to take that. What he's done with our team has been absolutely fantastic. And on his future, he, uh, he says that he's still got the dream of taking the step up to the Premier League and he wants to do that with Leeds. And it's entirely up to Leeds if there's any interest for them in negotiating, selling them. Um, until that happens, I'm 110% Leeds. I'll be there until the day they say they don't want me. But when you get a question about this uh, after another season, it's tough. Give me a holiday and some beer and then I'll be back to England and running again. That all sounds very good. It's probably all just designed to make his uh, his £18 million pound transfer to Norwich sound like it's the club's fault. Stop and being
0: so bloody negative. We're getting taken over by billions and
2: we've got Marcelo Bielsa next season telling you we're up, then fourth, then champions. That's it's, how it works. It's good. It's a good interview from Pontus Janssen. He sounds um, ready to stay and, uh, and ready to get promoted and ready to run.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com
0: slash host heroes and villains now then people who've made our life better people who've made our life worse First of all, we will do the worst is the Ken Bates Villainy Award. This is an award for somebody who has made our life a little bit less enjoyable, uh, named in Ken's honour because he did that plenty and he has to get a nomination. That's the custom. What's he having it for this time? Uh, this week, it's being
2: mean to Casper Schmeichel, oh, love all people. Lovable Casper. I mean, I know he's such a nice, nice lad, isn't he? We won't go through it in detail because it's boring and it's just a son of a scummer just whinging on basically. But um, <laughs> I have started to think maybe that was the problem. <laughs> he uh, he said uh, he didn't have a, a great season for Leeds, he says, and he was offered uh, by Sven, called me and said, do you want to come to Leicester? And at first Schmeichel said, yes, get me away. But then he said, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to tough it out at Leeds. And then the next thing he knew, uh, people phoning him up and said, congratulations, you've moved to Leicester. And it was all announced and he had to put out his uh, his statement, which People who were around at the time, I remember with him saying that he'd been sold against his will without his agreement to Leicester. And then he had Ken, but then I had Ken Bates ring me. And the gist was that either I left or I was with the academy for the season. I'd already said no to Leicester at this point because I thought I needed to play and they were in the process of signing someone else. So I had to ring Sven and say, I don't know what's going on. But if you want me, I'm there 100%. I want to work for you again. Um, And he rang me back and said, we're a bit far down the line with someone else. I was tearing my hair out, sat in Denmark and all this carnage. In the end, he rang me back about 11 at night and said, we'll get it done. Probably that's the best, uh, the best time to do a deal with Ken Bates because he's well into the Pooley fume.
0: I saw this, uh, I saw this video. What was it from again? Was it a five live thing or was it a podcast or something? I
2: can't remember. I just read the the version. I I wouldn't like to watch Casper Schmeichel speaking with his face. I just read the transcript. (laughs)
3: It was him and Joe Hart talking about and someone else who that was, was the a guy? Yeah, the uh, Schmeichel. He obviously it reflects very badly on the club at the time. It sounds like it was just a shambles, and he was being forced out because we wanted the money, and
2: maybe Grayson really wanted Andy Lonigan. <laughs> was it? Uh, yes. Well, no. It was. Um, we signed Lonigan and Hubka together to wow. replace Schmeichel.
3: And together, maybe they would have been... <laughs> almost as good. Almost as good. <laughs> um, but it, in it, Schmeichel was moaning about how he was never made to feel welcome and stuff. But it, I don't remember him getting a bad reception at all. I remember people being really quite excited that it signed.
0: There, was, the, there was a song about his dad. But, um, it, was... but it, was, it was tongue in cheek, but obviously he's a younger man at that point And instead of kind of leaning into it and laughing and going, yeah, haha, I get it now. I'm one of you. Um, he kind of, by the sounds of it, he was a bit sensitive
2: to it. Well, that's why he's also nominated for Villain. Because he says, it was just the wrong club for me at that time. It was very clear very early on that it was the wrong club for me. It was a club where I was not accepted. And with my father's history, it was evident among the fans that they did not approve of that. Fair I just didn't feel welcome at all by the whole club. And that's the manager as well, Simon Grayson. He didn't give me any kind of confidence, which I was wonderful mental image since he said that of Simon Grayson. Every time he comes into work, him greeting him, him and Snod serenading him. Your Dad sir you're alright hey loops loops showing him videos of uh, uh, January 3rd on a loop here's he, oh have you sent uh, have you sent the training clips through the Casper you know what I sent him boss Brian Flynn's goal in uh, 1981 Mel Sterling's at Old Trafford going absolutely pinging a free kick Crashing it past his dad, Lee Chapman scoring against Papa Schmeichel. All this oh yeah, sorry, Casper, we gave you the wrong video. I hope that's what it was like in retrospect. At the time, and you're exactly right. That whole song about his dad was was saying, you're all that was the emphasis. The emphasis was on you're all right. I don't know how much what more he expected from, from Leeds fans, especially being the son of who who he was the son of. We it's were- very
3: hard to fit into a song as well that we have a begrudging respect for your dad, who was obviously one of the best goalkeepers of the modern era. However, Not as, a, as an opposition player, one uh, of one of our main rivals, we were never fond of him. Yes. However, that doesn't change the way we feel about you, which is that you seem to be a promising young goalkeeper.
0: That's the sort of thing that Marcelo
2: Bielsa would do, though,
0: isn't it? That was, a, that was the Bielsa answer to that but one.
2: Th- that's that's what we did. That's what it, the whole sentiment was. We'll get over this with you, yeah. It may be like the, we'll, a we'll bit of nuance
0: jumps. in yeah. the song. <laughs> I mean, if you look at
2: the uh, the reworking of that, maybe even verse
0: two, the one to uh, Tom Innes was always a, a pleasant follow-on from that, wasn't it? Anybody else? Uh, Sean Harvey, again, we can still blame him. I think he's still in, in the position it's or not, he's I leaving. Don't, I think
3: he left at the end Fuck of... Fuck it, Sean of, Harvey. <laughs> end of I May. He probably... Put the paperwork in for it. It was it reported in the Daily Mail today that the EFL wants to clamp down on social media point scoring from clubs' Twitter accounts. Why? Um, and will communicate a proper policy. Like, why? Oh. Because we did it. We did. We drew attention to it, didn't we? But yeah, why is exactly? It's not a sporting thing. Yeah. In, it's granted if Millwall's official Twitter start like posting turkey flags when we play them or something, which I wouldn't entirely put past them. Fair enough. If it's something like grotesquely inappropriate, yeah, all right. But that shouldn't really, even that's not really for the EFL to decide. That's mm-hmm. just for someone to say, don't be such pricks about something serious. But if it's just a bit of like mocking.
2: And I say this as somebody who, if you gave me the option, I don't really like all that stuff. I find it a little bit like official accounts getting joked. It's like you'll often see people respond to that stuff now where they say silence brand when like Budweiser have just, Put out uh, all kinds of gender-friendly varieties of beer and uh, just brand. Be quiet. And I feel like that about about the the football Twitter thing. Was well, that because you're a joyless prick? No, I think it's because it's not really the club's place to be to act like fans. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. why I don't really. I'm not keen on it on a like a conceptual level. But still,
3: facts. That's I, all the club should pump out. <laughs>
2: well, exactly. Yeah, it, it's if you imagine the match programmes suddenly read like a fanzine. We'd be annoyed. So that's part of it. So I was there. Kind of stepping out like Vamos leads Caraggio hours, and then the club have kind of co-opted it. And I kind of think, yeah, clubs can't because when we are being uh, run by Qatari gas rich billionaires, does the humour then start to ring a little hollow in that when we're, we're baiting Norwich about mustard or something? I don't know. I just it's a it's a weird world. But I do look at uh, several of the tweets, particularly from from our club, and laugh. And because especially the one that got everybody's uh, backs up referencing the kid from One Direction, people didn't realise that there is a whole backstory about the whole beef between Leeds United and is it Nile Nile no, Horan? Yeah, yeah, you should know. You that's your world. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, that it referenced. So it's like it was the culmination of the thing, which in itself is weird. Yeah, it's kind of it's one of those things that if I had the choice about modern football. I'll probably just switch that aspect off, but as it exists, I revel in it and the football league should absolutely not be ruling against it. It's, it's there. And if it's going to, you know, if there's going to be a, a long running involved Shakespearean psycho drama going on between the Twitter account of Leeds United and the Twitter account of Niall Horan from One Direction, all related to the fortunes of Derby County Football Club, bring it on. Anyway, Rao bravo. <laughs>
0: Has he been an allegedly naughty boy? He's, uh, he's been leading, poor
3: old. Or bad hombre. Poor old Samu, astray, hasn't he, potentially?
2: I mean, he was bad enough when he played for us, Raul Bravo, who we, we were promised he was going to be the upgrade on Ian Hart that we really we, needed. We desperately wanted Raul Bravo to be brilliant, and he wasn't, wasn't uh, re- Imagine getting a reserve from Real Madrid and then not quite living up to our hopes. <laughs> um, a pattern never to be repeated. But he's come back. Uh, into our lives to take poor, innocent Samu Saiz um, away with him. Although, fortunately, poor, innocent Samu Saiz seems to be just on holiday in the mm. sunshine.
3: He was reported that he'd been arrested for match fi- match fixing, whereas it seems he's now just given a statement yeah, relating to it.
2: It might be one of those legal technicalities where maybe if you're, if you're a witness, there's a legal status. There's probably something lost in translation, like giving a statement. And
3: it seems to relate to his time at Huesca anyway, when he
0: was still there. <laughs> as long as it's not affecting no, us. Well, it seems us. to
2: relate to a match that Huesca played while he was a Leeds United player. So it's a match fix. This, If anybody's not seen it, it's match fixing um, allegations. Has it been reported as Leeds match fixing scandal? <sighs> well, it was. there was a lot of uh, a very keen reporting about Samuel Saez being basically in jail for match fixing on the morning that it broke. But um, yeah, they're they're investigating games at all levels of Spanish football, money laundering, corruption. Raul Bravo does seem to be one of the the ringleaders, according to the reports, not my opinion. I don't know anything about it. I'm not accusing him or uh, any of his legal representatives. And Cuesca's chairman and people seem to be also, I think may have been arrested, certainly are closer to it than him. The, The worry would be, so if he's not played in the game, What's his involvement with a match that was being played in Huesca while he's a Leeds player and it was the back end of last season, kind of boring. Please, please, please don't have, don't put, don't have put a bet on is what I'm saying. So what
0: what we're saying is everyone's dead innocent and there's nothing to see here. Please move on. Especially Sammy Saez. Okay. I'm fine with that. Do we have any more runners and riders or should we pick a winner from that, Sean Harvey? as his parting gift from
2: the Football League. I think we gave him it. He had his parting gifts the other week. I want to give it to Tappershmeichel. He's officially left, though, this week. Then again,
3: he'll be back. He'll be back. Mind you,
0: you might not have seen this, but you know on our WhatsApp number, we got an anonymous tip-off. Somebody said, just a heads up, and there may be no truth in it, but someone who I know, who went to the League Manager Association Awards, told me that Sean Harvey is being lined up for the Premier League Chief Exec role.
2: And if you do have our WhatsApp number, which is available, and you do want to start a rumour, it is as easy as that. I'm not criticising the person in question who sent that tip off. It could be absolutely true. I'm just saying it will be now as easy as that for, for you to have a rumour spread through this podcast.
0: 07899
2: 555 459. We will accept anything and read literally anything out. But there has been some word of that. That's not actually based in in nothing. There's been some uh, reports that he has been considered for the the Premier League chief executive role. And I mean, somebody took that job and then decided they didn't want it in the end. So it is becoming a bit of a poisoned chalice, difficult to find anybody to take over. Who, who are we going to give Who's on the
0: jobs market? Yeah. yeah.
2: This is starting to drag. We've got to name somebody like, well, can we just give him like a one year contract or something? And then within a week, the Premier League is on fire. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it. Bring, it. bring it crashing down. We were saying before, football needs to be poorer. There is no better man to drain all the money out of it and send it all crashing into into administration than Sean Penfold Harvey. Well, Sean
3: Harvey has generally in his career managed to move money from money to the rich, hasn't he? That's kind of been his, including himself now at the Football League, uh, given his enormous salary he was picking up there. So maybe, I don't know where that goes in the Premier League. I'm not quite sure who, maybe Paul Pogger will, will just get... £3 million pounds a week or something as a result of uh, of changes
0: he brings in. Well, I'm all for giving it to Sean Harvey as a parting gift. You seem to be saying Casper then, Moscow.
2: Yeah, because I'd like Sean Harvey's uh, leaving due his, to be attended by nobody. I'd like his parting gift to be just like a, a massive box with a small dog shit in it.
0: What are you feeling, Michael? I'd give it to Casper. All right then, I'm, I've am i been swayed. Let's go Casper Schmeichel him. For living up
2: to his dad's song.
0: On to the Andy Hughes Hero Award. This is an award given to somebody who has made us smile a little bit in the last week. So obviously Marcelo Bielsa's in there because he's staying and he's ours forever and he's never going to leave us. Are you, daddy? You're never going to leave. Still a bit uncomfortable with you calling him daddy. Um, you love mummy, don't you?
3: <laughs>
2: who's that, Lamorani? <laughs> I bet he looked good in the dress. Yeah, probably. So he, he's uh, anybody my... with Photoshop out there because we had it for a while. It didn't really catch on. The cool shirts on fire, but if you do want to send us photos of uh, Celine Lamrani in a dress at the Square Ball on Twitter, who else? <laughs> James Milner. I bet he'd look good in a dress.
3: It's good. At every... The thing is, he's a utility man, isn't he? Mini skirts do for a, Milner. I'm calling a, it now. Do
0: a job for you, would not he? If you need a woman, pop Milner on. will be there. Pop that on James. <laughs> And we can't forget Rob Green as well because he won the Europa League. Um, obviously, you can't win it because it's
2: not as good as the Champions League.
3: And his gloves on, though, didn't he? Still, full full goalkeeper attire.
2: <laughs> Absolutely clean kit. Speaking of the uh, the social media stuff that club accounts are doing, did you see the slightly satirical uh, video that Chelsea then did the next day? They did. I only saw the trailer for it. I think there might have been more of it on Chelsea um, TV, but they, they basically made like a, a mock mini documentary with Rob Green uh, saying you know my, my entire life had built up to this moment <laughs> and putting loads of like romantic music on it and uh, this was the greatest night of everybody's everybody's life so Rob Green did actually that did all make me laugh I didn't begrudge him that was, was a, yeah that's a
0: smile though it's not joy yeah, we, we but,
2: want to re- reward joy it's and got, also it was completely undercut by the fact that it was Chelsea and
0: while Milner obviously massive uh, tick in that box still made Liverpool fans happy so I'm not sure we can give that to him so it's got to be by default Bielsa. Are
2: we going for Bielsa? Not even by default, just absolutely the right decision. He's made Leeds United fans happy everywhere. That day when the, the announcement was made, just all stress and anxiety just left, didn't it? And then we had the uh, the takeover room was started and two days later. So that was, that was that. But two days of bliss with Bielsa.
0: Well, we are now uh, favourites to win the division next year. Speaking of Bielsa, how does that make you feel? It's been a while, hasn't it?
3: Since we've been favourites. I suppose we were, we were favourites to win League One, probably, for three years in a row, I would imagine. Maybe not the first year, actually, but yeah, certainly in the Grayson year, when we scraped second. Um, and I would
0: accept scraping second again. If we are favourites, that means you'll be able to get decent odds on betting against us now, Michael.
3: <laughs> it's too early for that. It's too early for that. It's, um when we storm into a 10-point lead, I will be doing the same. Yep. Do you know
0: what? If we get into a 10-point lead, I still won't be convinced now based on what happened this last season.
3: And you'll be joining me, won't you, in the uh, the anti-leads
0: gambling? Do you know what? I'm more convinced now than I was last season that we will go up as effing champions. I
2: yeah. think we will. Nothing needs to happen. It's happened. Bielsa is staying, so we're going up as champions. Okay. <laughs> and the the, uh, the other information on this so we're favourites alongside uh, Fulham um, if the bookies are correct the table next year will read Leeds Fulham West Brom Cardiff Stoke Huddersfield what a joke mess that is if we can't win that come on well we'll find out won't we do check out the summer special that
0: we've got in the pipeline links to that on the website and please 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 if you can spare a few quid a month and you want to support us on this podcast we'll bring you more material every single week Check out The Extra Ball, the stable mate to this podcast. You can find that at thesquareball.net. We'll be back on The Extra Ball, and we will be back speaking to you again next week.
1: The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,